welcome back to the New England Take WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. So, I managed to uh, convince Chris Ryan to join me for a quick segment. Uh, There was a whole bunch of hubbub on Twitter and uh, just political news in the state around Governor Sununu joining you this week on uh, New Hampshire Today, which is your regular show on WGIR. Um, And... There were, there were all sorts of things. It was actually a really good interview. I thought you did a great job on that. But one thing that really stood out to me and is the um, portrayal of the media and how it's perceived by by the public. And there's we'll also dive into Whoopi Goldberg a little bit because that's just low-hanging, horrible fruit that everyone's been also talking about this week. But um, Joe Rogan has been in the crosshairs of a lot of people recently, especially uh, – the how he's being platformed by Spotify and I generally speaking I mean where do you stand on the on the Joe Rogan experience uh, existence <laughs> yeah so I think it's really important that there is the opportunity for folks to speak honestly in a, a forum and I think that's that's important um, and I think that's you know our First Amendment is obviously a sacred aspect of um, of our democracy but I also feel that um, any platform, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Spotify, whether it's iHeartMedia, um, if someone is using their platform, they have the ability to, to dictate the terms of what that is. And that is also a, a right. Um, as for you know, Joe Rogan, I don't really, you know, I, I don't care what he, what he has to say. Um, I don't care what a lot of people have to say, um, but it's their right to say so. And if Rogan wants to, you know, spread information, disinformation about the vaccine, that's certainly his right. And Spotify um, has the ability to determine who uses their platform and how they they use it. And that is, you know, where I stand. That the, the argument about the mainstream media basically is that the plat- a podcast is a different type of a platform, which an individual has more of a free-flowing type of format, which they can express uh, views without having the oversight of um, whether it's you know, gatekeepers or a, a boss or financial interests. So there is a clear distinction, in my view, between a, you know, a podcast type of a format where, you know, guys, girls, whatever, can sit around and talk about things that are important to them um, and what is done in the media, mainstream media. How much do you think this is media literacy? I think this is like the biggest issue that we're perceiving right now as the the cable news outlets are just less and less important to the average American. They're very important to those in the Beltway, those that are in the governor's office, uh, legislature and such. But I, I've never watched cable news. That, that's nothing I pay attention to. I get news from news from our newswire we got here at WKXL and the news guy. So obviously I'm a point of, uh, of news for the public, uh, which is kind of a terrifying thing for me to deal with on a regular basis in the midst of a pandemic. Terrifying for the listeners too. Yeah, I know. Right. It's poor people. Uh, but it, it's, how much is this people don't understand the difference between a talking head versus like these are the general idea this is the general idea of what's actually going on so this is a huge um moment for media it really is um it's a huge moment for society because our institutions are in decay and a lot of that is for good reason and people have reason to be um to be not convinced of the accuracy of everything because there's human beings involved. There's going to be mistakes. Our institutions are only as good as the humans involved. 
And the mainstream media has kind of, in my view, a lot of ways kind of chase, try to chase down the podcast format mm-hmm. where they understand what's going on. They understand that uh, opinions what drives the day. You understand that. And, you know, we can talk about what happens at the city council meeting and whether or not um, they're going to, you know, allow for um, a, a project to move forward or whether the zoning board is going to allow for apartments to be built off of uh, Fisherville Road. But no one cares. No one cares. Right. Uh, they right. care more about the inflammatory type of items and opinions. So media is at a crossroads where they try to trying to figure out how to combat the excessive nature of um our environment in which there are a lot of people that have a lot of opinions and while they're also trying to provide facts and educate, but there is an inability on the part of, you mentioned media literacy of people to understand what's fact, what's fiction, what's a reliable news source, what's not a reliable news source. And I view you as a person that is very discerning. You understand the, the difference between the, the media sources and a person that may have a particular viewpoint, but you like to take in a whole bunch of different um, aspects of media from the left, right, center, wherever, in order to get to that viewpoint. The public doesn't have the time, the want, or the interest to do that. And they find their podcast, whether it's on the left or on the right, or they watch cable news, and they stick with that particular uh, that particular genre and kind of stick in that, um, that silo. The problem is there's no universal truth. There's no one that anybody can look to and say, guess what? That person may have a different – I may not completely agree with them, but that person is going to give me – the honest truth on a day in day basis. And I can, from a, from the left to the right, I can look at that. And that's, that's a major problem that, um, that exists here. There's no referee and there's two yeah. very, yeah. very passionate teams that are playing the game. But if there's no referee, like just like in sports, it's a unmitigated disaster because everybody starts calling their own fouls. Uh, you start playing a little too rough. Like you have to have a, a referee, but nobody can agree on who that is. I'm I'm hopeful that we're kind of moving in the right direction. Generally speaking, I, it's the the rise of Substack really uh, giving opportunities for independent journalists to have a legitimate platform that people can go to on a consistent basis and find it, as opposed to just whatever trends on Twitter. Like you can sign up, you can you get it in your inbox every day. There's uh, independent outlets out there whether profit or non-profit like i have new hampshire bulletin on my show every on the cakes on the morning every week and um is is love it or hate it new hampshire journal which is someone that was uh, stomping on you a little bit this week for your interview with sununu uh they're a for-profit model but they they have a journalistic ethic behind a portion of what they do in addition to the commentary um it's it's I'm hopeful in the next like couple of years people will be a little more aware because New Hampshire had nothing before the pandemic when it came to anything but the newspaper papers the radio stations MUR uh, do you are you as optimistic no I'm not optimistic uh, I think that there's going to be a lot more um, pain and there's going to be a lot more uh, sorting things out before we get to a point where both sides are of the ideological ideological spectrum are willing to look at things. Um, you know, you mentioned two different, very different uh, entities yes. there. Yes. Um, very different. And, you know, one of which is the New Hampshire Journal, which um, I don't know a lot about, but from what I've been able to, um, to ascertain is more focused on, you know, an ideological uh, side of things. 
And, you know, that's that's fine, but it's just driving the fire. And a lot of times, you know, if you have the folks that are bad actors and are focused on wedge issues that are only going to inflame as opposed to um, bring people together, you don't have solutions, you only present problems. And you do it from an ideological viewpoint, that's problematic. The New Hampshire Bulletin is completely different in that there is a, uh, in my view, a pure intent um, in how they're presenting information. And I think a lot of the the change that you are referring to is going to take many, many years for it to hit the mainstream of the public. And, you know, the, the problem is that a lot of the misinformation comes from folks that are older, uh, people yes. that are... Um, 50 and above. And uh, so how do you educate that type of a a number of folks in a media literacy type of a format? Um, There's a lot of a lot of questions that still exist, but I, I think it gets back to a key point where I don't feel that we should be shielding the public from information. I don't feel that we should, um, you know, be in a place where we're saying, oh, you can't we can't do this. We can't talk about this because the public doesn't understand. Um, the public needs to be given the information. The public, uh, for better or worse, needs to be trusted to make their their own decisions. I don't think creating a you know a nanny state type of um, media format and you know telling Joe Rogan you know, you can't you can't say this again. I think a an entity can make determinations if you're going to be using their platform for anything. They can make a determination as to what they view as being. Um, you know, uh, appropriate or, or not, but, you know, I'll take the Whoopi Goldberg thing as an example. I think that proves how much we're moving in the wrong direction where Whoopi Goldberg had no ill intent when she came and talked about what she did. Was she ill-informed? Did she present misinformation? Absolutely. But we cannot racist. (laughs) Yes. We cannot have it. Yeah. But it was, so this is what's going to happen. It was an ill-informed racism. There was not an intent in what she said. Um, but she was 100 percent wrong. But yeah. when you have honest conversations, when you have conversations about things, people are going to show their ignorance. And if they are afraid to show their ignorance or unaf- are afraid to have conversations, nothing of any nature that's going to change anything is going to happen. Everybody's just going to be come into it and they're going to be clammed up and they're like, I-, I can't say something because I might get in trouble. And Whoopi Goldberg went into that conversation. Yeah, she went on for way too long. She argued it and whatever. But. She didn't have she didn't have the the intent. Her point was that man was hurting man and she didn't quite understand um, or was I don't know if she was willfully or not willfully ignorant in what she was saying about um, the Jewish people. Uh, So that was clear. I think with with the view, I think ultimately it just turns the whole show into bad actors because of the nature of that show in general, because it's intentionally a bunch of figureheads that for the most part, it, judging by what you, all the content you can see across YouTube of them getting critiqued are very ill-informed on what's going on in the world. They're not terribly educated on anything. They all have 15 million other jobs that they all do, whether it's uh, acting or just d- doing whatever activism they want to do or anything like that. Um, I find the whole nature of The View being problematic with fixing the situation. So The View is, in my view, one of the Saturn pieces of modern media. And it is the platform for which podcasts came, except that they actually have a free flow of ideas with one another, as opposed to having one ill-informed person speaking for a long, a long time. Um, and so 
Yeah, I mean, the view is supposed to be like people, like real people that aren't experts that sit and talk about things that have multiple jobs and they're like the moms, the dads of the country, but obviously, you know, rich and famous people yes, who exactly. are in those in those roles and have that perspective as opposed to a real person's perspective. Uh, but it, to me, that's kind of the and that's where we all are at at this point. I mean, to me, the Daily Show kind of started everything where they oh, yeah. realized you know, to meet people where they are. You have to present humor. You have to present entertainment. And the view and Barbara Walters vision for that, I think, was very similar. Now, I'm not a big fan of the view. As, as I said earlier, I don't care about any of these. Not the demo. <laughs> I'm not the demo. Uh, and apparently not the demo. Christian is the demo for Joe Rogan, but I'm apparently not. Um, yeah. So but that's what these things are. And I think that they have value in that. But if you have a the problem is you have an ill-informed public that is listening to ill-informed information. And what do you do about that if you're a platform? But you have misinformation all the time. Like you go to for the friend of the bar. They're like, yes, yeah, Susie was doing this and this at her job and she got fired because of that. Well, then you tell the next person that Susie was doing this, this at her job and she got fired and you're all spreading misinformation about Susie. And this is just provides an amplification of that. And the the thing that we're seeing with the proliferation of um, social media and the Internet is that the experience of receiving and giving information has changed dramatically. And now everybody has the ability to give information, but we are not smart enough as a public to decipher real information from fake information in particular when speak, people speak with incredible conviction. Like yeah. I can be as knowledgeable and convicted in something as, as, as possible, but I can listen to somebody talk about, you know, the vaccine or talk about um, just about any topic and they have such incredible passion and they may be completely crazy in which they are and um, they're speaking. And a lot of times it appears they are, but they have the conviction that has the ability to convince others that they do actually have, facts and information when they do not. In the nature that subjects are considerably more complex than they are made out to be during the, the five-minute news segment you may hear on CNN or uh, most most radio shows for that matter. I mean, we're Bloomberg affiliate. I mean, well, uh, I, they get they got to get cut and dry and right down to it because they only have so long that they're able to have their segments. Why I really like having the 20-minute segments. I'm able to do the interviews for my shows is we can actually dive into something for more than just, just that quick little sound bite. Um, and that's, in my opinion, the advantage to having the Joe Rogans is that they're able to talk about something for three hours, actually get into the details of it. Like I listened to the Dr. Robert Malone and the Dr. Peter McCullough interviews. I honestly thought they sounded like nut jobs. Ultimately, when it came down to it, they had some good points. But it, to me, it, it locked down that there, yes, there are some questions with regards to the vaccines and how maybe they the focus has been a little weird with regards to that's been the only focus uh from a public health perspective and but they didn't really make a great case that the vaccines aren't important to us getting out of the pandemic and they they seem very single-minded when it came to just wanting to be against <laughs> yeah i mean there's positives and negatives to three hour you know formats and staying on topics for that long. I mean, I can make an argument against anything and I can do it in a convincing way. 
And, you know, I could argue one plus one equals three. And, you know, what, what fear, what, what, what theory do you have behind that? Like people could do that. It's, it's just so simple to do. I hear the vaccine all the time. Well, my neighbor's friends got the vaccine two months ago and then they died. Okay. Well, how do you know it's the vaccine? How do you know it's not the vaccine? And like, it is so easy to be cynical. And that has been one of the the major challenges of you know the past um, five ten years is that it is so easy to po- to poke holes into everything. It is so easy to um, to take down our institutions. And I'm you know I don't really view myself as being an institutionalist, but I also understand that you can't continue to go at you know, the media or police or teachers or public officials and want there to be individuals of conscience and of um, character who are going to take up those and and quality who are going to take up those roles moving forward. So I think there's always it's really important for there to be uh, skepticism and for there to be folks asking questions about things. But at the end of the day, you know, there has to be some trust and you have to give up on being in cl- completely pure from an ideological perspective and be willing to compromise, be willing to to trust that at, at the end of the day, things have more value than um, than they don't. And going back a little bit to the media literacy, I mean, there has to be a certain level of knowing you're not going to necessarily agree with any figurehead 100% or you shouldn't basically is I think is the better right. way to phrase that like I will if I agree with a commentator for more than like 75% of what what they're putting out there I really begin questioning whether I should be listening to this program and I'm just falling into whatever it is that they're saying um, like I, I listen to uh, various podcasts I, I read various news sources if if I agree with them like less than forty percent, then may then it's just too frustrating. Like there's this golden ratio that I gotta meet in the middle on. But you need to you need to pay attention to the fact that am I just list am I honestly being having critical thinking skills with regards to what I'm hearing or reading? Yeah, most people have no time, interest, or care to do any right. of that. And they are going to get bits and pieces of information. Some of it's going to come from Facebook. Some of it's going to come from Twitter. Some of it's going to come from MUR. Some of it's going to come from wherever else. And then there's like little snippets of truth um, within individuals. And so part of the intentions of our founding fathers was that we did have a informed public and there was an engagement and that everybody went to you know, the town meetings and everybody was engaged in the business of the the town. And that just doesn't, that doesn't take place. And, um, you know, we, it's a struggle to get people to vote even. So, I mean, that we're in a, we're in a difficult place because um, you don't want to have people, as you're mentioning before, just basically be sheep, mm. but there also has to be some clear, uh, voice or entity where people can look to and say, okay, this is, this is truth. We can agree on these facts, but you look at the, what's happening at the state house. Uh, and it's everybody's I've, I've the- never been plugged into a circuit of this, of what's going on in the state house before because of COVID. So me doing the news is my first cycle of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is happening? Everybody has their own sets of facts. Yes. So if you can't, if you can't agree on facts, you can't, 
agree on anything. You can't move forward with a with a discussion and it becomes a whole bunch of people yelling at each other, doing jazz hands, whatever the heck they're doing. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, you know, are people there to do the the public good or there to make names for themselves? Are they just crazy? I'm not sure. There's there's a whole bunch of different things going on there at at once. But, um, you know, I can see I have never been less optimistic about our, our country than I am at this point in time. And, you know, I can see an incredible apathy from the middle. Um, I can see a country that is uh, going off to the far left and to the far right. And if the middle does not become engaged and being media literate is not going to, if you're 45 years old, that is on you. Like it's not, it's not just going to come to you. You have to be wanting to be engaged. And the fact that the middle is so apathetic at this point to what is happening and, you know, crazy folks is on the on the crin, on the fringe on the left and the right are just grabbing a hold of the dialogue and the loud voices are are winning and the, the unfortunate thing is the loud voices are not that informed and the loud voices don't have um you know the country the state or the community in my view um in their best intentions chris ryan host of new hampshire today on wgir and the press pass here on wkxl thank you so much for joining me thank you we'll see ya you're listening to new england taking wkxl we'll be right back after this